All right, today, take your Bible in hand, and we're going to turn to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Uh, Today, we're culminating a month-long series that we've been doing, and uh, we've been all month talking about faith and about what faith can do. And uh, in between services, a while ago, I was hearing from somebody who said how much they enjoyed this series and what a difference it's made in their life. And so I believe that today, uh, God's gonna help you to get bigger faith. Let's take a look at the story that is in the Old Testament. Joshua had to follow Moses, okay? He, he's the follower of Moses. And can you imagine taking over for Moses? How many know those are some big sandals to fill, right? That, that's that's, that's a, a man, you know, that brought the people out of uh, the, the wilderness area, took them through the Red Sea and, and led them toward the Promised Land. But Joshua... Uh, is a man that came on the scene and and God used him in an incredible way. We're going to read one of the incredible stories, one of the most incredible stories in the entirety of the Bible. All right, Joshua chapter 10, verse 1. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king what he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. Let me just tell you, uh, we're not going to read this story, but just a little earlier, uh, the Gibeonites came and showed up with the Israelites, and uh, they pulled a fast one on them. Okay, and maybe you know the story. Uh, They brought, it's pretty clever, they brought old moldy bread with them, and they wore worn out clothes. And they came to the Israelites and they said, hey, we live far off, but we've heard of you and how God's using you. And uh, we, we just want to sign a peace treaty with, with you guys because we know God's hand is on your life. How many hope that other people see that God's hand is on your life, right? And, and so they said, uh, so can we just sign a peace treaty? And the Israelites said, well, how do we know you're not our neighbors? And they said, oh, well, we had this bread fresh baked when we left. And now look at it. It's a moldy mess. And our shoes and our clothes were brand new when we left. And look here, I've got holes in my shoes and my, my clothes are worn and everything. They looked them over and they thought, Wow, that's a, wow, they did come a long ways. And so they signed a peace treaty with these people only to find out that they were, in fact, neighbors. But this ticked everybody else off, all right? And so let's, let's read what happened. Verse 2, he and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city. Like one of the royal cities, it was larger than Ai, and all its men were good fighters. And now they're they're partnered with Israel. So that is not cool. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, 
and Piram, king of Jarmuth, and Japhia, king of Lachish, and Deber, the king of Eglon, come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Not cool. So the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Remember, we signed that treaty. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. I mean, up till now, Joshua and the people of Israel have only had to take on one king at a time, one kingdom at a time. And now five are against them. Have you ever felt like it just keeps coming? Like, it's, seriously? What? What's next? I don't even want to ask it. You ever done that? I don't even want to ask what's next because it'll probably come. And, and so Joshua, he, he's fought some big battles already, but now it's, it's like insurmountable odds. There's an alliance that's formed. You ever felt like every demon in hell is camped out in your front yard? Like, seriously, does the devil not have somebody else to pick on? Why, why is it just me? But this story helps us when there are big challenges, you need big faith. And God wants to help you and I to have big faith. Turn to the person next to you and say, my face getting bigger. <laughs> my face getting bigger. Just type it in the chat. My face getting bigger. We're going to get some big faith. Does that sound all right today? Big faith, big faith. Here's what, first thing, big faith, and we're going to see this in this story. Big faith believes big, okay? It believes big. Look at the next verses. Because the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up quickly. So they said, come and help us fight. They've joined forces against us. Verse seven. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. The Lord said to, to him, listen to these words. Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Before he ever gets to the battlefield, Joshua has heard from the Lord, which insinuates that he's listening for the Lord, that he has positioned himself to hear from God, that, that when he's faced with a challenge, that one of the first things he thinks he needs to do is 
hear from God. I want somebody to know today that when you're facing challenges in your life, difficulties in your life, one of the first things you need to do is hear from God. You need to position yourself to hear from God because the issue is not the size of your problem, it's the size of your God. And when you hear from God, it reminds you of how great he is. See, when we get a connection with God, it it begins to give us bolder faith. And when we lack connection with God, we have less faith. Less faith to believe. So what happens is when you have less faith and you have a puny God, it's because your eyes are on your problem. Your eyes are more on your difficulty. Your eyes are on the big thing instead of an even bigger God. Remember when Goliath was out challenging the people of God and defying them and and saying, hey, do you not have anybody who wants to fight me today? And every day he'd come out and say the same kind of thing. And David is is running Uber Eats, remember? And and he's bringing food to his brothers. Uh, He's an Uber Eat driver. And, And so he brings the food to his brothers and he overhears it. This big giant defying the people of God and defying their God, cursing. And he says, why didn't somebody take care of that? And they said, uh, because he's big. <laughs> Did you not see how big he is? And, and they were all convinced that he's too big to hit. David is convinced he's too big to miss. And I think we can take this guy. And, and, and so he, he, he goes out and he beats Goliath. Everybody know that story? Listen, here's, here's what he did, and here's what Joshua did. He positioned himself to say, I'm not going to look at how big my problem is. I need to look at how big my God is. I, I need to focus on how big he is, how, how powerful, how mighty. See, and, and this is what happens when you're facing big things. You need to see how big God is. He's bigger than your problem. As a matter of fact, there's nothing too big and nothing too small for our God. But your connection brings confidence. Your connection brings confidence because how you view God. See, David said, God's bigger than that guy. You all are talking about how big he is. I'm going to talk about how big he is. He's even bigger. He's even greater. See, do you have a small God? Do you you sometimes, you know, God's so small, you know, he can't do too much or whatever. And let me tell you something. If you have a small God, it's not because he got small. It's because your view of him got small. Because he doesn't get big one day and small a day. Everybody understand that? You know, he, he's, he's, he's able to fill the universe every day. And so if you're 
not seeing God big. Listen, it's your vision that needs to be helped. Here's what Isaiah said. I love this. And Isaiah from the message version says, so, this is God speaking, who is like me? Who holds a candle to me, says the holy? Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night and counts them off, calls them each by name? So magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one. Let me tell you something. That's what happens when, when you go out and you see the sky. How many know you see how big God is? You see how big God is. That's the same thing that happens at church. Some of you, you come to church, and, and when you walk in, you feel defeated. You feel like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? What, what, what am I going to do this week? I've got this big decision to make it work. I, I've got this situation coming up. I don't know what I'm about to do. I, I should do about this relationship, whether to continue it or not. And you're all bogged down with all this. But somehow, in the midst of the service, as the Holy Spirit is moving, and as we're worshiping God, you get a bigger picture of God, and you begin to say, oh, you know what? I think God's got this. I think God's got this handled. I think I can trust him with this. And, and you, as you witness God's power moving, read the Bible, worship God, then you get positioned to be able to hear from God. It's the reason why being here is so important. It's the reason why being online right now to hear is so important. Because when you position yourself, you can hear from him. That's why I'm excited about our 21 days of prayer coming up in January. Some of you, we're, we're going to have a year of breakthrough in 22. That's what we're going to focus on, a year of breakthrough. Some of you, you're going to break the family curse finally in January of 2022. In January, you're finally going to be free of that addiction. In January, you're finally going to break through into the victory that God has for you. Can you believe for that today? Can you get excited about that today? Because I, I believe that as you position yourself, listen, one of the things I think my mom and dad did, one of the best things they ever did is they positioned me to hear from God. They drugged me to church every Sunday. And I didn't even know I was being drugged to church because I just grew up that way. I just went, I thought everybody did this. I, I forget how old I was when I looked around and I thought everybody doesn't do it. Everybody doesn't go to church. That's, that's funny. You know, but by then it was too late. I, I was already committed. I'd already seen too much. I had already felt too much. I already knew too much. I'd already heard too many testimonies. I'd already been impacted by God's word already in my heart, in my life. It was too late for me. How many of you, it's too late for you, right? You, you've already been convinced that, that God is true. And so you need to not just position yourself, but I want to tell some of you today, you need to position your family to hear from God because big faith believes big. And here's what else it does is, is we'll see that it battles big too. Big faith battles big. 
Let's pick up the story. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand against you. Look at verse nine. After an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. And the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Ezekah and Makeda. And as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Ezekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. See, here, here's what they did. Joshua says, hey, we need to march, and we're going to march all night long. And, and somebody maybe says, well, I thought God said he was going to do it. Why don't we just sleep in? Why don't we just sleep in? You know, if God's, God's got this, God's going to handle this, we, we just sit back and let God do it. Let me tell you something. Joshua knew a secret here. He knew a key. He understood a principle that when you want to see God do big things in your life, you have to battle for it. You have to battle for it. Listen, when, when David said, hey, this giant, he's defying the living God. Who threw the stone? David did. God didn't do it. I thought God would just do this for me. No, you got to get up out of bed and do something yourself. You know, some people, well, I just think God will bring somebody along into my life. Now, not if you keep doing that. Not if you keep doing nothing. Not, not if you're not putting your, well, you know, I, I just believe God's going to bring me a job. Oh, well, how many resumes have you sent out? Have you got headhunters looking for, no, no. I'm just waiting on God. Has it ever occurred to you that God might be waiting on you to do something? You know, that, that to see a victory You've got to step into the fight. When you get a word from God, it's not time to sit back. It's time to stand up and to move forward. See, what some people are doing, they're wishing instead of walking. See, it, the, he doesn't sit back and say, well, we hope this is going to take place. No, we're going to walk. We're going to walk all night long. Because we're going to do all we can do, and then we're going to depend God for what he can only do in our situation. And see, Joshua is marching for an ambush. He thinks, you know, these guys, they don't know we're coming. We're going to sneak up on them. I don't know what God's got in mind, but I know what we need to do is we better do all we can do to help this situation so that we can win the victory. And, and some of you, you're wishing for your marriage. Maybe you should march 
into the counselor's office. Maybe you should march out of your house on date night every little bit. Maybe you should make investments in your relationship. Maybe you're wishing for your kids. Oh, I hope my kids turn out all right. No, march there behind into Crossroads Kids every Sunday and let them learn about Jesus and know that God's house takes a priority in this house because this house is surrendered to his house. I thought I'd get a better, bigger amen on that, all right? I'm hoping my finances will straighten out. Listen, you better march yourself out of that store and get that plastic out of your hand because it's not going to magically fix itself. Did you march into Financial Peace University when it was announced and and it was coming around and, and the help was offered so that your finances could get better? Did you march into that? See, we, we've got to march. Next week's miracle offering is an opportunity for us to say, you know what? I don't know what God's going to do, but I want to get in on it. So I'm going to march in with my offering and give it to the Lord. I already know it's going to get doubled, but God might do something where it's like it gets quadrupled. And, and God begins to do something supernatural with it. You know, somebody says, well, oh God, God, send someone to my coworker to witness to them. And God says, I did. <laughs> you are there, right? That's why you're there. And, and when you begin to walk, you'll begin to see God move. Does that make sense? Joshua Chapter 10, verse 11, look at this. And as they fled before Israel on the road from Beth Horon to Zekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more, everybody say more. More of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. I want you to understand that they did what they could do first And then God did what only he could do afterwards. Some of us are waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Faith steps out. Faith moves and then God moves. There were 12 men in the boat with Jesus. One of them got to walk on water with Jesus. Do you know why? He got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. The rest of them just sat there. And and so if you're going to experience a miracle, you got to get out of the boat. You got to get the sling in your hand. You got to get the stone in your hand. You got to step out from the crowd of the unbelievers and you got to step into action with God. The hailstones came after they moved in faith. After they trusted God. See, God multiplies as you give to him. Let let me help you. How much is a hundred times zero? Zero, okay. 
Okay, let me give you another one. 200 times zero. Okay, pretty smart crowd here. Let me, let me, let me test you here. 400 times zero. Zero. Because see, God multiplies what we give him. Remember, Jesus said, bring me those fish and those loaves. And what happened when they gave them to Jesus? When they put what they had into his hands, then it multiplied. Not before it got in his hands, but after. See, you've got to take action. You've got to, some of you got to step out. You've got to quit being complacent. You've got to quit saying somebody else is going to do this or God, if he wants to do this, he'll just do it. No, you need to step out in faith and God will multiply what you give to him. The hailstones came after they moved in faith. The multiplying came after the loaves and fish got in his hands. So big faith, it believes God and it battles big. And here's what else it does. It boldly prays big. It boldly prays big. Look at verse 12. On the day that the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself of its enemies, as was written in the book of Jashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. I mean, that's bold. That's incredible. That's amazing. And, and you may be saying, well, hey, you know, did Joshua not know that the sun doesn't really move? You know, that it's the earth that's moving and, and the moon, you know, it's, it's not really those things moving. So the earth is like going around the sun. And, and did he not understand that? I, I want to just give you an example of how this works today. If you turn on your TV and you're watching the weather and the weather person comes on and they'll say something like this. They'll say, now, the sun will set tonight at 6 o'clock and the sun will rise tomorrow at 7 a.m. And you don't sit there and say, well, what kind of weather person do we have in Indianapolis? The sun does not really rise. The sun does not really set. Do they not know that? We need to get a better weather person, you know? Maybe somebody who can even predict the weather too a little bit better or whatever, you know? Okay, sorry if you're a weather person, all right? I, Throw a little shadow, a little shade on you there. But, uh, but we, 
We understand that it's our perception that they're talking about, that it's the language of observation. We observe it rising, so we call it sunrise. We observe it setting, and so we call it sunset. And under that observation, Joshua says, God, I pray that the working order of the universe will come to a halt today. That you who made the universe and all that I see and and cannot comprehend and understand, I ask you to hit the pause button on all of this and stop the created order. In other words, he is asking for the earth on its axis to stop, for God to hold it up, to stop and pause the universe. That is audacious. I don't care who you are. That that is bold. And evidently, Joshua thought God had the power to do it. See, what what do you think God can do in your life? Hmm. Do you think God can do anything? Do you think God's that big that he can stop the created order? It had a 48-hour impact. And God took care of all all the ramifications that would result from it because he made it all anyway. And if you want big Things to start happening in your life. Listen, you're going to have to start praying big prayers. You got to get bold prayers. And understand, God didn't say, what? (laughs) Asking me to stop the created order. Who do you think I am? That's not what God said. God said, I can do that. I can do that. I I can handle that. Some things about this prayer, I just think we ought to consider. Just take a look with me. First thing I want you to see about this prayer is that it was public. It's a public prayer. Look at this. In, In verse 12, Joshua said to the Lord, notice this, in the presence of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ijalon. Now, now understand this. It's one thing to whisper a bold prayer. And it's another thing to say a bold prayer. Right? Maybe somebody at work says, hey, man, if you don't mind, just say some prayers for me. Been having a tough time uh, in my family and just... If you would, just say some prayers. Oh, okay, I'll do that. God, just touch my coworker. Bless them. Touch them. Help them in their situation. Nobody heard it. Nobody, you know, you, you just whispered this. It's one thing to do that, right? It's one thing to do that. And it's another thing for the coworker to say, could you say some prayers for me, maybe? 
because I know you, you're like a church person or whatever. And if you could just say some prayers for me and my family. Absolutely. Give me your hand. God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you for my coworker, Steve, today. I pray, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit that you will invade his family and do what only you can do. And God, you can put this family together. You can do supernatural things. And God, I'm believing that you'll bless him today. And, and so much so that by the time he gets home tonight, it'll be like going to a whole nother family. God, do something supernatural in Steve and his family today in Jesus' name. I mean, no, that's something different. That's something different. And, and that's exactly what Joshua does. He, he doesn't whisper some prayer. God, would you just stop the sun today? If it be your will, God, stop the sun. No. He says, hold up. Hold up. Let's pray to God right now. God, Stop the sun right where it is and the moon where it is and God hold it in place until we win the victory over our enemies. Now, why does he do that? I'll tell you one reason, I think, is because when you pray bold prayers, it emboldens people around you. How many of you, there was somebody in your family, your, your family was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pray and whatever. But when grandma prayed, hello, when grandma prayed, she prayed. And it was like she had the hotline, you know? It's like, it's like direct connection, you know? I mean, it's like God stepped in the family room. It's like God came into the place. God, God was there when she, it was like she's talking to her best friend. It's like, you know, power. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and, and so there's something supernatural, something powerful that happens when you pray bold prayers. It rubs off on the people around you. And I also think he wanted them to know that when it happened, this isn't some fluke. This is not some freak of nature. This is not just an unusual day. This is not something that somebody says, you know, I think... This happens every thousand years or so that this kind of cycle happens. No, 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 understand. This happened because I asked for it. This happened because I believe that the God who created the heavens and the earth can stop everything in motion. He can hold it steady. He can speed it up, slow it down, stop it, whatever he wants to do, because he is great. He is mighty. See, and there's just something about bold praying. When somebody, you know, maybe, maybe you're in Kroger, you know, and somebody says, hey, they're in the frozen food section, says, you know, hey, you know, I didn't get a good report from the doctor this week and, and they want me to come back and I'm, I'm just praying that the test will be wrong and that there won't be anything there when I go back. And you say, well, let's pray that right now. 
Let's just unite our faith together and believe. How many have ever had some powerful praying in the frozen food section, right? I mean, I've prayed over people all over the place. And you come together in agreement and pray. God, touch them in the supernatural right now. Hey, and they might even get goosebumps. That's not from the frozen food section, you know, because God begins to touch them, move upon them. I'm talking about a God who's big enough to do anything. Anything, anything. And, and people are encouraged. Then, then they know when they went back to the doctor and the doctor said, well, we don't know what happened, but whatever that was is gone. And you say, I know what happened. It left in the frozen food section in Kroger this week. That's what happened. This bold prayer was for something that had never happened before. It was unprecedented. Look at this. The sun in verse 13 stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. And there's never been a day like it before or since. I mean, it was astounding. Can God really do that? Can God do that? If God can do that, what else can God do? What might he be able to do in your life? What is beyond his power, his ability to do? Here's what I think. I think nothing is beyond his ability to do. Nothing is beyond what he can do. He can handle anything. Look at Colossians chapter 1. And verse 16, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Listen, if you don't believe God can do it and will do it, then you're not going to pray like it. See, if I I get sick, I want people praying for me that believe there's a big God. Hello? I I want God, I I want people, you know, because you're not going to pray big. If you think, well, you know, I don't know if God's going to do it or not, you know. Listen, if you, you pray like that, don't even pray for me. All right? I want somebody who believes God is the same yesterday, today, and forever that he healed, he heals, and he will heal because he's a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's an awesome God who can do anything beyond our comprehension. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. My God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. See, when you begin to pray for the impossible, then that's right where God wants you. You know, some of us, the the most powerful prayer is, God, bless these cornflakes today that I'm about to eat. And, 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 you know, that's how powerful our prayers get. Seriously? 
And some doctor in the house may say, God can't even bless the cornflakes. You know, he'd have, that, he'd have changed the molecular structure or whatever, which I believe God can do. But he also can help you to choose better too. Hello? But God can, can do anything. And so here, here's the thing, from the scene to the unseen. And what I want you to see here is that God wasn't put off. He wasn't like, how dare you ask something so audacious? No, I think he grinned. I think he said, you came to the right place. You need something big to happen in your life? You need something supernatural to take place? You need a miracle that only a miracle working God can do. You came to the right place. I am able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. And I can do it right here, right now. How many believe that today? He can do it. He can do it. And look at what it says in verse 14. The Lord, <laughs> there's never been a day like it before since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. And notice in the ESV version, it even goes so far as to say, a day when the Lord heeded a man's voice. When God paid attention to somebody with an odd audacious prayer. See, God aligned himself with this prayer because of the bold faith that it took to pray it and bold faith honors God and it also lined up with his will because Joshua wasn't saying, God, I want you to do this because I want more followers or I'd like more likes or I'm trying to be a cultural influencer here. And, and so I need more, need more people on my subscription list. No, it wasn't about him at all. It's like when David stood out there and said, I wanna, we need to take this giant down. It wasn't about David looking big. It was about God looking big. He says, he's not defied my name. He's defied his name. And he wants to take care of this giant. It wasn't about David at all. And it's not about Joshua at all. And when your prayers are big, bold prayers, they don't need to be about you at all. It needs to be so everybody at work, everybody at home, everybody at your family, everybody in your neighborhood will know that something's different. There's some kind of power. There's an anointing upon that guy, that gal that I don't understand. See, that's why you, you get a job that you're not as qualified for as other people and they get passed over and you get hired and everybody's like, what is that? And you can say, he did it. I asked for it. I asked for this job. I asked for divine favor. I asked for the Lord. How'd your house sell so quick? How'd your car sell? How'd you buy that car? That, you can't even afford that car. They brought the price down. That is a miracle, right? 
I'm talking about supernatural things. When's the last time you asked for things? There are people that I'm related to that I can't believe are married today because of what went on in their marriage and, and how it went down in flames. And I thought, well, that's the end of that. But God got involved and, and they're married today. And after that, I'm like, okay, God can do anything. <laughs> if he can do that, he can do anything. That cancer isn't that big, you know? I mean, heart disease, whatever. God can do it. Are you getting this message today? I want you to understand that God is bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your difficulty. He's bigger than your situation. Whatever circumstance you're going through today, quit looking, focusing on the circumstance and situation and start focusing on God and what God can do and God just might do it in your life today. Because God is looking for people who will honor him with big faith. Let's pray. Father, today we just pray that you'd increase our faith. God, help us to step out of the boat. Help us to step into the battle. To pick up the stones and the sling and to march out there. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you'd say, Craig, I want to have bigger faith. There's times when I'm just not believing enough. And my God is big enough to do anything. He can do anything. And maybe I'm, I'm praying two little prayers. I, I, I don't want to be guilty of that. I want to pray big, bold Prayers. I know our nation needs people who will pray big prayers. My company needs some big prayers. My family needs some big prayers. The people around me, they need some big prayers. I need to be a person of big prayers. I want to be a person of big faith. How many are with me all night? You raise a hand in this place. Yeah, hands up all over this room. If you want big faith that pleases God online, stretch your hand toward the screen right now. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd help us to be the kind of people that step out of the boat. The kind of people that when Goliath comes out, we come out too. That we don't back down. We don't crawl back. But instead, we move forward in faith. And so God, today, maybe for some of us, you're calling us to march into something. You're calling us to put one foot in front of the other. You're calling some of us to get ourselves into growth track. You're calling us, some of us, to get involved in ministry in this church. You're calling some of us to get involved in the miracle offering next week. You're calling some of us to witness to our neighbor. You're calling some of us to witness at work. You're calling some of us to pray some bold prayers right out in front of everybody. So God, help us to be people of big faith. Maybe others of you, while we're still praying, you need a big prayer. You need a big prayer of God, forgive me of my sin. That's a big prayer. And here, here's the thing. 
is, you know what? God answered that big prayer for me one day. He answered that big prayer uh, of taking my sin and, listen, erasing it, eliminating it out of my life. So far as the east is from the west, the Bible says he removes our transgressions from us. And, and you can have that same experience because the reason why is Jesus came and died to make it possible. It's a sacrifice for us, the Bible talks about. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever, that's me, that's you, that's all of us, that whoever believes, whoever have big enough faith to say, I believe that Jesus did that for me, then they won't have to perish, but they can have everlasting life. And today could be your day to receive everlasting life. It could be the day where you stretch out enough faith in a big, big God to be able to eradicate your sin and make you ready for heaven. And if you'd like that to happen in your life right here, right now, just if you're in this room, just stretch your hand up toward God and say, yes, yes, I need him. Yeah, hands up in this room, online. Type the word decided in the chat the word decided, and we're going to pray for you as well and, uh, and believe God to come into your life. Come on, everybody pray this prayer so those around you will pray it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be the sacrifice for sin. He came as the Holy One so that my unholy could be made holy. So eradicate my past, erase all my sin, and give me a new beginning. From this day forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody, let's rejoice with those. All heaven rejoices today for those